Welcome back, listeners, to yet another episode of the BDU Podcast. You're all joined by all four of your hosts, Jack, DC, myself, and of course, the King of the North, Lawrence. Congratulations, big man. How was it? Thank you very much, mate. It was a, a surreal day, to be honest. Like I've I've been very spoiled like since since coming home. Like every time I see someone in the gym I haven't seen, it's like still a lot of kind words and I feel like I'm getting my tires pumped all week. But man, it was I, I said it on my own podcast and I've said it to a lot of people, but it was probably my favorite day competing slash as a bodybuilder so far just with the whole context of the day and, and everything and all the emotion that went into it. It was a, a very, very cool day, man. So yeah, absolutely elated. It was fantastic. Quite a battle too. L- losing on the first half and then coming back. Tremendous. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Like I said to Joey, they, they had us in the first half. So yeah, it was um certainly not something you see all the time, man. Like, you know, it's, it's not common practice for someone to lose a division and then come back to take the overall. But once again, I think that it's a credit to having a very, very good coach who can make the manipulations required on the day to come up with a plan. And, you know, I I like to think that I I showed a bit of tenacity and a little bit of that no quit attitude because I just remember saying to Joey, like, this is not how today is supposed to go. Like, I'm not, we're going to turn this around. Like, we're going to change this. And I know at times I thought, I like needed to convince him that we were still in it. And, you know, he, um, you know, just some of the choices of words that he used with me, like I maybe had a couple of times thought that, you know, he needed me to convince him and then sort of it went vice versa as well. And I think that we just sort of played off each other really well. And we were able to make the switches needed to, to change the judge's mind at the end of the day. And yeah, like, as you guys all know, like, wins like that don't come around very often in bodybuilding so it's it's even more exciting when that does happen and yeah I think that was probably probably understood in my my reactions at the end of the day so yeah it was good man man I I could honestly count like I think two times where it's pretty much gone backwards like that and especially like at an overall level as well so like you know out of five six years of being at shows like pretty much only two like it doesn't happen very often but now what were some of the changes that you actually made? Because yes. you had to, had to do something big here to change the uh, tides. Yeah, like it bit wasn't a, so much. Cash under the table, I think. Yeah, just sweet sweet talking to judges. Yeah, like it, it wasn't as much manipulating like the look directly in that we, you know, loaded a heap more sodium or carbs or water or anything like that. We We actually kept things pretty static when it came to that side of things um the biggest tweak was changing up how i posed the the rear shots so all prep we've pretty much been posing the rear lat spread and the rear double bicep with anteriorly pelvic tilt um because it does give me a bit more thickness and a bit more shape through the erectors and through those rear shots but when i came off stage after the second did well after the first day of the day i said to Joe, i was like what's what's gone wrong out there um because, you know, I don't mind saying this because I've, I've spoken to James already. Like, you know, I, I had myself fairly confidently beating him from the side and from the front. Um, I'm, he doesn't mind me saying that because we spoke about it backstage. And I knew that like his rear double bicep for sure would be better than mine because I've, I've, I've seen it. And he's got a lot of muscle and a lot of density. So I thought it's got to be the rear shots. 
Um, Joey agreed and he said, well, mate, we just need to play the condition card and we need to change something to see what happens. So we just tucked the glutes as much as we could, show as much detail on, on the rear shots and then also just change slightly how I hit my rear lat spread so that it looked a little bit less bottom heavy. So to just sort of accentuate the top half and give a bit more X frame. And obviously we didn't fully get to see how that would play out because about an hour after the the class that I came second in was juniors, which James wasn't in, um, but I managed to win that one. And then about 10 minutes after that, me and James sort of went head to head again in the, the open category. And I was able to get the nod over him in that one. And then the, the overall was very soon after that. So I kind of knew going on for the open that that was probably going to decide it. And um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool feeling when I heard his number called out before mine. So that was sick. Mm, for sure. And I think a shout out to James as well, because he does have an incredible physique and he's such a nice gent as well. So, um, you know, I think like moving into, let's say the the Queensland show, um every competitor can make immense improvements and i i think i think honestly like if you walk away from and i'm talking about sort of anyone in this in this in this particular situation but you walk away from that first competition being content let's say you did win like the 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 award is not it may not potentially come to you in the second show like people can make imp immense improvements in their physique between that time frame and so like it's anyone's game and i think like I'm sure you can attest to this, Lawrence, but going into this Queensland show, you're looking at this from like a clean slate. Like this is a new show. There's no biases here. Like I need to just showcase my best because anyone could take this away. A hundred percent, man. And like, even if I was going up against the exact same guys, like two weeks is a long time to make improvements in this game. And so even if I was going up against the exact same lineups, you know, you really can't, bank anything in and go oh yeah beat him last week you know tick him off tick him off like i mean hell you can't even do that on the day so you really need to play every ball on its merit and you know not only are a lot of those guys coming down to brisbane and no doubt are going to be improved but at the same time there's also guys who weren't at tropics that i know will be at brisbane that are very good bodybuilders so yeah like it, it certainly fills you with confidence like having a wind under your belt like I feel more confident going into Brisbane, but at the same time, I haven't penciled myself in for, for an overall there because I know that the competition is going to be even more stacked than it was at the Townsville show. And, you know, funny things happen, man. Like you never really know what's going to happen on the day until you are there. So the focus for this week has just been, you know, put the head back down and, and get back to work. You know, there's, there's nothing given and, we've we've already well the, the the plan even before tropics was to make a slight adjustment this week to calories one to kind of let you know reset things after a very high calorie week last week with the peak week uh, but also just to tighten the screws a little bit and bring a bit more conditioning because obviously i was in very good condition for tropics but there was more there was a little bit more to come especially off the rear shots and off the glutes and looking at my 10 day out pictures this morning i definitely think we have improved in the conditioning front so you know we've got another week or so to keep improving that before we then start to to load up for for the show next saturday so yeah mate there's there's really nothing given in this game and you you can't get ahead of yourself and if i'm being completely honest like based on some of the feedback that we got um from the judges they did say that they thought i did come out just a little bit flat not in the sense of like flat in the physique realm but just like with my posing 
Um, and that that actually, that was pretty hard to hear because like I, I really pride myself on my posing. I work extremely hard at it. But I think when I reflect back on the morning, I didn't quite get myself into high enough arousal. And I think maybe I tried to keep myself too calm when I actually needed to to push a bit harder because in the later fed in the later divs, Joey and I were pumping up really hard. Like it was like he was pushing me through a workout and I could feel that I was amped up. Like I was training in the gym on a big leg day. So I think that I need to actually raise my, my energy levels and my arousal levels sooner throughout the day, you know, get some, some hype music on, get the pump up going a bit quicker and a bit faster and a bit more intense. And from division one on on the Sleeman show, I need to be right on it um, because I can't be leaving anything to chance. So yeah, like it's, it's always good to get the feedback and it also goes to show why it's so important to do multiple shows because, you know, we go through 23 weeks of dieting and it was only once we were up there on stage that we noticed these things. So you can't expect to nail it on the first run. There's always going to be things that you can improve. Um, so you need to stay adaptable and, and you also can't get complacent because even if you think you're spot on, there's always going to be something you could do better. Mm, for sure. On that topic, what are some of the changes that you're going to make going forward? Obviously, you've addressed the pumping up. Are you still going to run the untucked glutes? I know you and Jack somewhat theory crafted the uh, untucked back shot. Are you going to tuck it in from now on, given that was like one of the point of difference? Yeah, so I'm still playing around with the exact version of the, the rear double bicep, but I think I've probably found what is the most flattering for my current level of muscle mass where it's like we tuck the glutes but try to round out the lower back a bit to at least get me some erector thickness whilst also trying to keep my chest up as much as possible to extend through the thoracic which man i've been sore today trying to try it out like uh, it, it is a bit of a challenge and i might need to do like some mobility to work on that but i personally think that it gives me the best look of thickness um, and probably the best version of my rear double bicep that I'm going to get at the moment. Um, so I'll keep practicing that over the next week or so. The rear lat spread, yeah, we'll keep tucking the glutes there and try to really round out the lat lats to try and create a bit more X frame. Um, but other than that, all the other poses we were really happy with, like everything from the front and the side, really pleased with. Obviously, there's still little things that I just need to remember to do. Like on the day, like Jack was sort of reminding me to just lift my chest up a bit more on the front lat, squeeze my glute on the side tricep. And it was funny because I could see him clear his day in the crowd. And when I would see him, I would make sure to do it. And then I saw him nod to Tierra. So I was like, okay, I'm clearly doing a, an okay job here. So yeah, those are, those are the main changes, pumping up a bit harder. And uh, from what I've spoken with Joey through the week um, after the midweek check-in today, um, because I'm coming into to this peak week a little bit flatter and a little bit leaner, we probably will be a bit more aggressive with the carbs on the load-up phase and probably a little bit more aggressive with the sodium as well in the back end of the week. Um, so little tweaks here and there, nothing going to be too crazy, but probably just a little bit more aggressive with the peak. Love it. Can't wait to see it. Can't believe I missed it, but... Won't be missing were, it this weekend or next in, weekend. You're there in spirit, mate. No, I was watching it. through. Yeah, the there we go. That's what I was going to ask you as well. What did you think about the hammers compared to the swords? Mate, awesome. Like, I absolutely loved it. Hey? And like, I, um, when I saw it on, like, because we went down for the, the tanning and I mm. saw them all sitting there. And I was like, that is so cool. Like, I've seen that at a couple other shows. Like, I remember seeing Cheza, he won one. 
And yeah. um, I remember thinking like, you know, the swords are awesome. And like, I'd love to have as many swords as I can one day, but like to have something a little bit different like that is pretty cool. And um, they're beautifully displayed. They give you like this little rock um, yeah. sort of thing to sit it on as well. So like it's sitting there, like in my study at the moment and it looks, it looks pretty epic. So I was very, very chuffed with the uh, Thor's hammer, mate. Very happy. Now, now you've just got one more left though. It's the national shield. And then you're going to have the uh, trifecta. Yeah, we were talking about that. Like I was talking that with um with Bunny actually. Uh, shout out to Bunny. He was there on the day, and yeah, like a shield, like almost like a Captain America type shield would look really cool. Like if you had like the the Federation's badge in the middle, and then you could engrave the lines like through it at the bottom. That actually would I reckon look pretty epic. Would look pretty sick on stage as well. Like being able to hoist that overhead. So I know they used to do the shields for Tropics. Like I know Lisa has a couple um but maybe they need like a proper captain america shield i think that look pretty cool mm. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't requested like a you know a lightsaber or something like that instead mate i reckon i don't know if this was a fever dream but i think i have seen someone like maybe was it <laughs> i think chris graff when he did nba he won the overall and i'm fairly certain that. they gave him a lightsaber yeah. Now that now that Actually, you say it, I do feel like I've seen mate, a light, lightsaber. Yeah, I'm I pretty sure. Like, like if that man, if I got presented with a lightsaber on stage, it'd be too much. I probably would just capitulate <laughs> even mm. more than I did last mm. Saturday. That's yeah. epic. No, it's it's really exciting to see like what what the states each season like the the designs that they get for you know the hammers, the swords, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I believe they've got like a one piece uh, sword at the ACT show ICN. Uh, is their like overall uh, winners? So yeah, mm. it's pretty exciting to see the the difference, the different gear that you might be able to, to take home with you, put mount up on the wall. Mm. Yeah, no, it is cool. I think it's a really unique thing about bodybuilding how it's like it's not just a, a generic trophy for the big one. Like it's it's always something a bit different like that. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it's not the last of the season, mate. But um, yeah, we'll see if we can add to it. Wicked. You get anything for winning uh, worlds? WMBF. You know what? I don't think I've actually seen people take home anything crazy. Like, I literally think it's just a medal. Just the title, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, you know, at that point, yeah, what, what more do you need? You probably have yeah. quite a few by that stage. But, like, I must say, from the updates that um, Sebastian and Yolan have put up, like, the actual WMBF medallions that they've given out at the Brisbane show look stunning. Like, look really, really good quality. So, um, yeah, they, they look sick. Yes, they do. We. I wonder if they'll do anything uh, special for the overalls. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm. I'm still hoping, man. Like, I'd love to. Like, at least some point in my career, compete somewhere where you could win like those muscle man statues. Remember, we were talking about it with Jace. Yeah, like yeah. the ones that they give out in the UK. Like those are they goaded in my opinion. Like they look so so cool. Um, but yeah, for now, maybe maybe we'll, we'll have, to, know what have to do bodybuilding down under trophy. At the bodybuilding down under classic in 2048, yeah. which is when Jack's going to make his next uh, stage appearance. Yeah. yeah, it's penciled it already. Absolutely. Well, we made millions on those shirt sales, so like I'm sure we can get to get a BDU, like you know, trophy for the uh, favorite of the season. Surely, surely, maybe one year, like over. Maybe one year we actually could do that, and like we could give out a uh, like a prize, like whether it's like the best poser or like the most potential or something like that. Like maybe we could sponsor it and, and get a trophy for someone. That'd be pretty neat, I think. Sounds Never know. We'll see. We just need another, you know, 3,000 shirts sold so we can yeah. ship the, the trophy. Just trade in the for it. 
Uh, it's if the Rav Four ever gets here, mate. Because, but he didn't uh, have it. He got mate, if, I reckon if the Rav Four, it's it's currently a race. What happens first, the Rav Four <laughs> arriving or Jack stepping on stage? <laughs> yeah, who knows, mate? Whether either of them happen this millennia, who knows? We don't know. It's definitely getting the Rav Four first. That's that's. Really <laughs> <laughs> so, DC, how did the show run up there? Who were some of the overalls, the top picks? Yeah, so mate, it was a, an epic day, and I'm just going to shout out all the athletes that that won the overalls. So we had Miss Bodybuilding, which was Jessica Rowe. She is my athlete, and I was absolutely stoked for her. So she did incredible. She looked well. unbelievable, mate. Like she did, yeah, unbelievable. Immensely, and like, immensely how cool! Like, like so good to see like women's bodybuilding, like like that. Like it's just yeah, man. She looked sensational. I just wanted absolutely. to give you big absolutely. ups because I saw her in flesh on the day, and I was like, damn, that is crazy. Mm, yeah she did really really well um and then men's bodybuilding i mean this guy did look a little bit spilled on stage but but i think it was this guy named lawrence lawrence greaves but um mate, if you um well our boys i i know i told you but if you believe the reddit threads he shouldn't have even been there on the day yeah um he's not natural that, you've, made it. Well, you've well, made it mate you've made it uh, mate, boys it's not it's not pro cards it's not overall wins like that's not what i actually care about all i wanted is just get a natty or not Reddit thread with a lot of comments, and I'm 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 retiring after the Brisbane show, so it's all done now. Did you? Post how did this? How did this come else? to your attention? Is this something that you just like you saw pop up or someone tagged you? Well, no, or... I don't have Reddit. Like I've never really understood what Reddit is about. Like I sort of roughly know it's like a forum and like a cesspool for the most part. Um, but I have a one of my clients. Shout out to Moston. He, I woke up this morning, like got up early, like Gemma and I went to go knock out our steps at the gym. And I saw a message from him saying like, um, there's a thread about you on Reddit. I was like, oh, okay. That's like, that's interesting. Like, and I had a look at the screenshot he sent me and I saw that there was like 130 comments. I was like, damn, like what's going on? So I, I went and followed the link. Like I just searched it on Google to start off with. And it said like, oh, to view this thread, you need to have the app. So I was like, ah, come on, I'll play. Like, let's go, I'll have a look. So I downloaded the app and I had a look at the comments and like 80% of the comments are basically people just slagging me off and saying, there's no way this dude is natural. One of them said like, um, he's got a Ziz tattoo, what a scumbag. And then someone was like, oh, I hope this guy can sleep at night, like um, walking on stage with natties and like, screwing them over like it's just ridiculous stuff and like obviously people that have no idea what's possible as a natural bodybuilder because like there's a gazillion natty guys that look way better than me so it's like it's just it's humorous for me like i found it funny and then there was probably a small percentage of people who were like oh no i believe it like he probably weighs like high 70s low 80s they're pretty much bang on and they're like he's just in good condition um i believe it and then there was other people saying like oh if you think this is unattainable, you've probably never trained properly for more than like five years. Um, and then the the rest of the comments were just people absolutely tearing me apart because of my ears, which was to be expected. Oh, no but, mate, I was getting cooked in the comments about my ears. Like everyone was going like, oh, the ears are for sure juicing. Uh, bro <laughs> accidentally injected Anavar into his ears. Like, man, yeah, I got toweled up on the ear department, but it was, it's one of those things where it's like i just find it funny like it really doesn't it it's water off my back like I, I really couldn't care less but i'm also not like printing them out and being like this is my motivation like the haters fuel me because i just don't like the negativity 
Um, I did though, like I was talking to my mate just on the phone before and I was sort of telling him about the story and I was like, I had like a few of them screenshotted and I thought, oh, I'm like, I'll make a post on Instagram and like, I'll sort of highlight like the stupidity or the naivety and then like, you know, use that as a way to kind of big ups natural bodybuilding of the fact that like, you know, this is possible naturally. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know what, Lawrence, like the amount of beautiful, like loving and kind messages I've received over the last few days and like really nice comments, like that's the stuff to focus on. Like, I don't need to highlight stupid people on the internet who are going to be negative. Like um, it's not worth my time. So I actually just went into my phone deleted all the screenshots and I was like, you know what, this doesn't deserve any of more of my attention. Um, but mate, we made it. We made it on the threads. So I'm happy. I just found it super funny that the Reddit account that posted its username was Star Wars fan number one. Is there Kinda any random, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, you just never would believe it. But yeah, it's yeah very got, interesting. Yeah. The, mm. yeah, the guy was like Goran Sleeve um could, could be anyone mate <laughs> that was it, his username anyway yeah yeah uh but no jack to answer your question i, I did not comment right okay because yeah, a few I, people had already put my instagram in it like people saying oh what's his instagram what's his instagram and like obviously some people that know me were in the thread because i had some people saying like oh this is my friend i can confirm he's natural or this is my coach i can confirm he's like super dedicated so he's natural so there was a few people fighting a good fight in there for me. Yeah, nice. Even I mean, Joey got a shout out. Someone was like, oh, the dude holding the hammer is pretty thick. And I was <laughs> like, because Joey in the picture was like holding it. Oh, man. Hilarious. How funny. That's ridiculous. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're able to walk away from it and just highlight, you know, what, what are the important messages to take home and what are the things to perhaps ignore, particularly like mid-season, right? Like you don't want to divert oh, any of your man. attention towards that bullshit. Because I think if it was like, if it was people that I knew and cared about, that was, you know, like if I found out that you guys were saying it behind my back, like obviously that would hurt. But these are legit imbeciles, like keyboard warriors on the internet that have nothing better to do. And just thinking about it, like would any of them say that to my face if they, you know, were with me in person? Probably not. So yeah, that, that sort of stuff really, really doesn't phase me. Yeah, mate, what's them catch this, this hammer. You know what this smoke, bro? <laughs> yeah, so they don't know I'm armed. Well, uh, moving on to our other competitors that took out the uh, overalls, we had Miss Figure, which is Katie Florence, Men's Physique, Caden uh, Mus- uh, Musu Messi. Apologies if I haven't pronounced people's names correctly. Uh, Miss Fitness, which was Poppy Buckland. Uh, shout out to Montana and the Off Tap for her win. Uh, men's Classic was Jordan Waymark. Miss Wellness was Shay Vaness. Miss Bikini and Swimsuit was Taylor Hoffman. Congratulations. And shout out to Men's Fitness, Angar Winjaya. Uh, moving on to Miss Sports, which was Dakota Cans. So awesome work, lads and women. Uh, and also shout out to the, the transformation athletes as well, because I think all of them had like, tremendous stories. And um, yeah, it's obviously incredibly inspiring to see a lot of, a lot of their, their backstories as well. And of course, massive shout out to Scott and Kate Piper for just the, the you know the last Tropic show, which was an, an epic an epic event, and um, I'm sure they'll be you know incredibly missed moving forward. Mm. Yeah, I've been to two Tropic shows now, and both were run superbly well. It was run so smoothly, like the timing of everything. I think mm. for the majority of the day, at least while I was there, they're actually ahead. 
Um, and a lot of people commented like, my family who was watching on the stream, they were like, yeah, they were actually ahead of time most of the day. So yeah, big ups to the the backstage crew. They did a tremendous job. Who were some of the standout physiques that you really liked, Jack? Is there any in particular? Uh, well, I was mainly up there for classic and bodybuilding because that's my my client Ian was up there. Yeah, obviously I liked Lawrence Lawrence's physique for bodybuilding. The king <laughs> and- of the north. The, yeah. um, use the my class- my full title, please. Jack's just hard to please. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the classic division was was interesting. It was almost like a bit of a mix of of classic physiques. Like you had, because uh, it was just one one open category. So there was some shorter people. There were some taller people, and obviously that kind of manifests itself differently in terms of the physique and someone's muscle architecture, different ways of posing. I'm this might be controversial. I've told Tierra that she doesn't she doesn't agree with me, but I, I'm not a massive fan of like going down onto the onto the ground for classic poses, like onto the knees and doing the splits. I've never been a, a big fan of that, uh, at least in terms of my own posing. I just find that it's it's very hard to show muscularity in that position, like especially for the lower body. Like you're almost making it more difficult for yourself to show muscularity. Granted, sometimes classic is about the artistic flair as well. But uh, yeah, I thought the gent who who won was was well deserving of it, and I I actually sent you guys a, a video of him in our chat. Like he was the bloke who was squatting like two hundred plus kilos for reps, mm. like a few weeks out, which is which is impressive at that stage of prep. And mm. I think he, he uploaded a video of like two hundred kilos for ten reps on the deadlift as well, which is uh, pretty nuts at like sixty five mm. kilos body weight. Yeah, that's insane. Hey, it's like we were our conversation last week about um, Z as an example, right? It's just those anomalies who can just retain their strength so damn well, even towards the later aspects of, of prep. Mm-hmm. But um, one that really stood out was um, was Poppy, right? Like she has an incredible physique for such a a, a young uh, a young woman. Like she's got an incredible future ahead of her, herself in terms of um, the the sport of, of bodybuilding. And I think even you said that Lawrence as well, like you thought her physique was incredibly impressive. Mm, yeah. I thought she, she looked amazing to be honest. Like I'm always a huge fan of seeing like the female divs that are more muscular. Like I love the women's bodybuilding, love figure, love fitness. So, you know, I just think it's really cool to see that women being jacked is like cool again. Like it felt like for so long, if women competed, it's like, Oh, you know, bikini or nothing. And even like the bikini girls are getting more jacked, which I just think is great because, you know, we're focusing on building physiques up rather than just trying to get smaller and smaller as the prep goes on. Um, and also like, you know, shout out to to the boys who sort of pulled up for the juniors and the teens in bodybuilding. Like the teen class actually had uh, like four, three or four in it where like when I competed as a teen, I think there was only one show ever where I got to compete against another competitor. Um, and that was at a Tropic show as well um so like it was just cool to see that like you know there's guys that are are pretty young wanting to to do full-blown bodybuilding which was cool to see like i was i think when we were pumping up for the overall um one of them was like talking about how he had school on monday and i thought you know i reflect back to those days and and sort of being that young doing it so yeah big props is it's cool to see that the sport is still attracting people who are that young yeah man there was some uh, damn good physiques for young ages now. Like, you know, like you even said, like Poppy, you like, you've even got like, I believe he's one of the BK's boys, Kalen, I believe as well. 
extremely yeah, yeah, yeah. young so, age with that's good... right yeah so kaylin won i think um uh like most potential most, yeah uh, awarded awarded that and well deserved like i even had people messaging myself when i put up a photo of myself with him backstage and um just saying like ridiculous that this guy is, is this young and and you know it's it's um you just the mass that he has like he he, he has an incredible future in the sport as well so it oh, is just really cool to see um i believe he was in the under under 23s with you Lawrence. is that correct so um 20 or 21 i think yeah i think yeah. he's 21 yeah yep yeah, exactly right so i mean that's immense that's crazy mm. yeah yeah crazy that well, i mean if i compete in 2048 that's that's well, be- like well you'll be in the masters so like you know yeah. you'll be good to go man hopefully they have masters pro cards by then too yeah won't won't need one at that point hmm um let's move on to some of the q a questions the first one i have is going to be for you dc how do you tell if you're flat or full like what are some of the metrics that you and bk go you know that you use is it photos weight like how do you gauge if someone's completely flat needs more carbs or if they're like on the brink Mm, good question man yeah so um i think first of all it's it's important to have sort of a reference point as to both so for example um, I'll give you an example of actually Nick, who I have on stage uh, at the ACT show uh, this weekend. So when he ch- sends me his check-in photos and we've run multiple days of depletion, he has a fading of his line. So he actually doesn't look as lean to me in his photos. Um, he His vascularity completely disappears. Um, I've got photos of him when we're after, for example, you know, a double refeed and vascularity is coming through. Uh, even just the mass associated with certain muscle groups that I look at uh, just pop a whole lot more to me. So like his delts, for example, look larger to me, chest looks larger as well. And also we've got some more vascularity, you know, through the, through the legs. Um, we're also seeing uh, more so um, uh, sort of lines through the, the vastus lateralis as well. So overall, like if I compare the looks between the two, um, I can just tell the difference between, between the two in that sense. Like the, the flat look just looks super depleted. Um, and I mean, there's a good amount of research surrounding even the, the prevalence of, you know, carbohydrates for providing an actual increase in like cross-sectional area of muscle tissue. So in, in that regard, if you look at the comparison between two photos, like the individual that is full actually looks bigger in the, in the photo. And that's why it's important, I guess, to, to have a visual reference between the two, but to also, uh, take your check-in photos you know, in a place which uh, has similar lighting and all those sorts of things, right, is is important for assessment. Similar, uh, similar, you know, AM conditions as an example, fasted, etc. Um, but backstage uh, is obviously a, a little bit of a different story. But I'm still looking at at those those aspects. One of the things that I guess uh, highlights to me if someone's on on the flatter side is I start to see their vascularity just starting to dissipate. Uh, even if they're they're pumping up, you know, backstage, that vascularity just starts disappearing. It's harder to retain a pump. Um, I'm also asking them about, you know, their energy levels as well. How are we feeling? Like, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired now. Whereas, you know, half an hour ago, man, I was like, my eyeballs were flying out of my head. Uh, so I guess you're you're sort of using the the data, objective side of things, and subjective to really assess kind of their look. Do you use much body weight during the actual week of the peak week when you're like, maybe like, do you gauge anything of if they're flat or full or is it more or less just photos and visual representation? 
and what do I you expect? I guess with the way I think as you're loading, visual visual representation for me is is more of a an accurate means of assessing mm. flat versus full. Um, but but I will have a reference point as to okay, if we're in peak depletion, we're running, you know, let's say we're running one high day and, and six low days. We're right at the very end of those six low days, and we've hit a new low. Like it, the fact that we've hit a new low, and I can visually see on the photos like we are flat. Um, we run that, you know, a bit of a higher day the next day, maybe body weight trends has come up by anywhere between, you know, 0.5 to 1% of, of body weight. I mean, 1% is starting to be a little bit more of an assertive increase, uh, depending on the, the magnitude of the, the high days, but, uh, also, you know, how many high days in a row you can, you can sort of postulate that running a couple of high days will probably yield a higher total increase in weight as opposed to running like a single high day, um, so I, I generally look at it from the premise of seeing weight come up by anywhere between you know 0.5 to one percent of body weight as a product of of loading is is usually pretty ample, but it somewhat depends on how how much you've had to deplete prior to as well, how many low days you've had to run prior to. Yeah, I also think like on the back end, like especially the last couple of days when you're like adjusting fiber, sometimes the weight can't be the most accurate way as well like and that's where those photos really do come in handy because you know you're sitting there and you pulled fiber a damn decent chunk compared to what they would have been having in prep and like you know maybe the greens are gone maybe the oats are gone and their weight somewhat like you know staying the same so you're like you know you're probably in a good little spot if that's the case because like you know so much there's nothing in the gi track realistically and then at the exact same time they're getting fuller so as much as you want to go off like you know, carbohydrates, you know, every gram of carbohydrate has X amount of water. So your weight technically should be going up at the exact same time. Sometimes it's not the most predictable thing, especially once you're playing around with fiber, you know, meal timings and stuff like that. One I have for you, Jack, is uh, um, what do you do to fix being flat? So let's say you wake up, like, you know, you're on show day, you're as flat as a pancake, exactly what DC show, no lines, hard to get a pump limited contractions what's the go here what do you look for what's the problem solving yeah so I, that was something i was going to mention was what's your proximity to stepping on stage so if it's show day then you've got limited resources available compared to being a couple of days out so i think ultimately biasing as much sort of uh, refined carbohydrates as possible and trying to reduce as much food residue and food bulk as possible as well. Um, give your body literally the best chance possible of digesting and absorbing those carbohydrates. And I think playing along with other uh, metrics to increase blood pressure as well. Uh, so for example, ensuring that you're hydrated, uh, utilizing sodium uh, in preparation for getting up on stage as well, ensuring that you pump up really well. I think all those things combined will, will assist uh, because at that stage of being comp lean, like your glucose uptake should be relatively good. And you're, of course, very insulin sensitive. So digestion and absorption will do its thing. You just need to give the body, like be smart about the type of carbohydrates you're loading if you're waking up on show day flat. Are there any other things you do, DC? Like what would be maybe something that you would address? Would it be the food? Would it be the hydration? How do you go about which way you probably want to change one of these two? Mm, well, I think, you know, like we mentioned on the, on the last podcast, like if we're dehydrated going into that day, it's probably going to be harder to essentially get a pump backstage. And um, I think that can, that can create the illusion of, of being, being flat as well. Um, 
but I think what, what Jack highlighted there is, is spot on. Like at that point in time, if we're running flat, we, we probably need to you know add some carbohydrates to the mix. And um, we know that bringing out our sort of conditioning uh, on, on the day is, is probably a combination of being well hydrated, well rested, uh, carved up, but not essentially spilled and, um, and getting like an adequate, adequate pump as well. So, I mean, they, they, they're the things that, you know, obviously are our bread and butter backstage in terms of manipulation. And I think if you've probably ticked all three of those things that you've listed there, DC, I think you're pretty much in a good little spot. Like, you know, if you've got adequate hydration and sodium and stuff like that, you've got a decent amount of carbohydrates in there and, you know, you're getting a good pump. Um, I think you probably got a majority of the bases covered. Mm, I also think like when... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I also think assessing when, you know, what time you're on stage is probably an important piece there because let's say you're first up like in bodybuilding, uh, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning and you wake up and you're flat, you don't have a lot of time at that point in time to, to restore that. Whereas if someone's, you know, first showing is 12 o'clock and they're up at 6am, well, eventually you've got a six hour turnaround to, to try and fix something up in terms of their look. So I think if you're a bodybuilder and you're waking up exceptionally flat on the day and you're, you're first up in terms of your category or your div, then to me, that would probably highlight, okay, well, maybe I need to actually, you know, run some carbs leading into this. So I have sort of a better base baseline to, um, to replenish the system on the actual day. Yeah. Uh, I think as well as like with those three that you pretty much talked about, like, you know, maybe if you wake up on show day and you've had excellent amount of carbohydrates and everything else is good, maybe it could be something to do with like the electrolyte balance. Like, you know, if you've already had a very sufficient carbohydrate load and you're still looking flat, maybe it could be something to do with like the water and the electrolytes and the exact same other way around, you know, maybe if water and all the other things have been ticked off, maybe you might've been a little bit too conservative in terms of like the carbohydrate load. So you might be able to implement that going forward, especially if you've got like those early morning shows, because you know, like pretty much you're going to lose muscle glycogen when you sleep. So you might've undershot it a little bit, especially like for first shows tends to happen. So then, you know, taking that feedback on for next time. Now in the reverse situation, DC, how do you go about, fixing being spilled like let's say you know you pretty much pulled up the show day you know you've had too many carbohydrates what are some small things that you might be able to do to fix that yeah i always think that this is harder to correct than being on the flatter side of things because on the flatter side of things we can just give back the system we can add more carbohydrates to the mix uh we can add more sodium we can try and hydrate better uh whereas if we are spilled uh, we have to abstain from consuming as much food, you know, at that, at that point in time. And truthfully, it probably means having to get the athlete up to pump up like more assertively and probably earlier within the day as a means of trying to resume that tightness back. So I think, for example, you know, B and I are very fond of running something like a mid load for our athletes because it enables us on the show day to give back to the system. Perhaps we wake up not super flat, but maybe not quite hundred percent full. And I'd rather be in a position where I can add to the system as opposed to, I can't add, add anything um, because there's definitely something to be said in terms of, you know, having carbohydrates that you can assume you can consume actually on, on the show day itself for, you know, perhaps mental clarity for even as somewhat of a stress relief, like I can eat something on show day. This is kind of exciting. Um, and there's also something to be said with regards to the efficacy of like intra-workout carbohydrates whilst you're training, right? So there's definitely benefit in terms of nutrient partitioning to consume carbs, let's say whilst you're in the middle of a, you know, a leg day or a leg workout. 
So that's obviously, there's going to be some benefit in that case to consuming carbs whilst you're in the midst of, you know, up on stage, uh, sorry, beforehand, you know, um, leading into the actual you know, event itself. So I'd rather be in a situation where perhaps we're slightly flatter and we can, we can top the system up as opposed to the opposite, which like I mentioned is, is probably like likely a situation of, Hey, you know, we're a few hours out from, from our show. I can see you're really spilled at this point in time, man, I'm going to need to get up and we're going to have to go through a bit of a bend and, and push up workout to try and churn through some of these carbohydrates at this point in time. I definitely do agree with you on that too. Like, cause like being flat, might alter your look by maybe one or two percent but like you know being spilled is definitely arguably worse because like that could make anywhere from probably a five to twenty percent difference in terms of visual look like you know you could actually be worse by about twenty percent so erring on that side of caution and you know being able to get back to the system and implement some of the stuff like you were mentioning is i think definitely the way to go mm, and spilled, other- like having being spilled almost has a bit of a unique look as well so like we mm. spoke about how um, being on the flatter side of things that that muscle tissue just doesn't really pop as much. Like, you know, that, that muscle tissue doesn't push out against the skin as like a glad wrap effect. Um, and obviously vascularity is, is far less as well. Like spilled is a, is a unique look too. I think often what it looks like is someone is very vascular, sometimes like overvascular. I feel, um, like if I think about myself, for example, a couple of days post comp Queensland's, and, you know, at that point you have to eat food, eating food to enjoyment, but also I've got to start reversing now or in the recovery phase, I was vascular AF. Like I was way more vascular than what I would have been backstage actually on the show. Um, so I think a spilled look has a very vascular look, but you also, you, you get this kind of like hazy look as well, where, you know, I might look at, for example, the the serratus or, or, or the abdominals and the lines are just not etched as much. Some of the finer striations with regards to like the feathering of like the vastus lateralis, these this feathering starts to to fade a little bit. You know, we might have some some cross striations on the hamstring as an example. These 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 lines start to fade a little bit as well. So I think your conditioning like suffers as a product of being spilled, but you may look really vascular back, backstage. And I think I guess a keen eye is able to assess as to whether. You know, perhaps we are pushing the envelope a little bit too much. Anything you have to add there, Jack, in terms of uh, fixing the spilled? Uh, no, I think that was well covered. I don't have anything to add. You still alive on us, man? Sound like you're dying over there. Yeah, just, um, I mean, we're all dying slowly, aren't we? So <laughs> You're just a little <laughs> bit quicker with this cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lawrence, this one's up for you, big man. Mental health and competing, like... Well, what's your take on it? Like, because for example, like myself, it was probably one, like I went, before I actually indulged in the bodybuilding side of things and actually started my prep, I probably wasn't in the best situation. And a lot of people would like say like, you know, you probably shouldn't compete if like your mental health's not in line. But I actually think it was one of those things that pushed me, gave me some good regimen and even stuff like what, like Alana said as well on her podcast is like, you know, it really set herself up for the future that she had. So have you had much run in with like mental health? What's your take on competing with mental health? Mm. Yeah, well, I funny enough, I, I listened to that episode that you're referring to. Shout out to the the new venture from Alana and Nicole, the Bikini Academy podcast. I listened to their first episode, it was very, very good. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's it's very different for everybody because some people will notice that getting into a prep will give them a goal to push their efforts towards it will give them structure it will give them routine and 
they might be in a place with their mental health journey that that is what they needed at that time. Whereas for others, it could be completely the opposite thing that they need where they're going into a, you know, a phase of training or a phase of life where they're more critical of themselves, higher stress, more neurotic, you know, and then obviously there's all the mental health and food side of things, which, you know, like I'm probably not the best one. Jack can probably speak to that a lot better, but I think that you want to be in a place to start off a prep where you can envision that it's going to get harder, but you know, within yourself that you're going to be okay with that. Like, I don't think that many people, if they're in a state of fragility when it comes to their mental health, I think we'd all agree that's not a good place to be starting a prep. Like granted, no one's perfect. And I think that part of recognizing mental health is is almost like recognizing it in the same way as an injury. Like, you know, if you've got a little bit of, you know, lateral elbow tendinopathy, does it mean you can't start a prep? Well, no, because that's something that has a good natural history and is probably going to get better as you keep going towards stage. Does that mean if you suffer with a bit of anxiety or depression, does that mean you can't start a prep? Also, no, because it, it doesn't, you know, mean that you've got this incurable thing that no one can do anything about. But I think it is just a stage where whether it's your physical health with regard to injuries, whether it's regard to your blood work, um, digestion, things of that nature, or whether it's regard to your mental health and, you know, where you're at in your own journey with that stuff. I think we would all agree that you want to be starting from the healthiest point possible um, because at some stage there will come challenges within a prep um, where you are pushed to the edge and, and where some of that stuff does become a bit difficult. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like in terms like the mental health, I think one thing that probably is the wrong way to go about it. If you are going to start is if you're trying to mask bodybuilding over an issue that's maybe underlying, like for example, some people get into prep because they want to fix their body image and that's like a mental health issue that they might have that might cause them like anxiety. And it's probably not the best way to go about it because you're just kind of fixing the problem with like a stamp. And then once you rip that fucking little stamp off or that bandaid, it's still going to be there and it's probably just going to be twice as bad. So, um, you know, obviously ensuring that you're competing for the right reasons and it's just not a temporary fix because once comp's over, chances are it's going to be exacerbated quite severely. Yeah. Um, now, this one's for you, Jack. Issues, uh, IBS issues and bodybuilding, getting bo bloated on like the back end of prep, what should you do? You know, what are some of the things that you would probably address or like, you know, chat to the client about? Yeah, so I think some IBS issues could just be due to, I mean, a whole like broad spectrum of factors because IBS is an umbrella term. So it's irritable bowel syndrome um, as opposed to IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease. So IBS is essentially just a, a broad spectrum of uh, symptoms related to uh, gut gut health so whether that's bloating or flatulence or cramping or constipation or diarrhea etc so and the thing with ibs as well is that it can be contributed to by like mental health so if you're stressed or anxious or depressed then that can influence your uh, gut microbiome or gut flora and therefore influence your ibs symptoms and there is a quite a popular app at the moment or an approach i think it's called nerva which is essentially like uh, gut hypnosis or hypnotherapy for IBS. So that's, I believe uh, people have had good success with that for IBS. And then another very likely culprit, more unique to bodybuilding would be essentially 
the adaptation of the gut in a hypocaloric environment. So for example, we talked about on a separate episode how the gut is adaptive from an energy availability standpoint. So it will try and be more efficient over time. So if your gut is trying to break down more and more fiber and extract nutrients from it, then that's going to lead to like a slower transit time. And then you could throw that in with uh, just a slower transit time in general because of energy availability, then you might get some some symptoms from that. So essentially you kind of need to go for, unless there's something that is, uh, fixable, like for example, maybe stress or anxiety uh, causing your IBS, or maybe it's because you're sensitive to FODMAPs, that's that's curable, like that you're able to take action on that immediately. Maybe some other things though are part of the bodybuilding uh, journey to an extent, and you kind of need a whack a bandaid on those uh, in the back end of prep until until you're uh, in, a, in a healthier position, because you ultimately are an unhealthy individual towards the back end of comp prep. You're not you're not thriving at peak capacity. So what I would do is potentially just, uh, again, I would need to assess the individual, but I would potentially just follow maybe a lower FODMAP approach uh, if you are getting some IBS issues, but then you also run into the issue that, okay, lower FODMAP approach is kind of potentially a lower dietary fiber intake as well. Like there may be increased appetite associate, associated with that as well, but not all low FODMAP foods are like low fiber and unfilling. They're still filling foods that are low FODMAP. So that's just my long-winded answer. Mm. I mean, I think there's even some foods that are like low FODMAP, but if you consume in certain quantities, like for example, some types of pumpkin, it becomes a, you know, a FODMAP, like a mm. fermentable fiber or a yeah. fermentable uh, carbohydrate. Um, just to add to that as well, like I think people in prep punish volume, right? Like they, we're talking consuming upwards of two liters a day of like coconut sugar, mm. uh, two to three coffees a day that might be like 300, you know, mils each. So we're talking over a liter of coffee, some individuals. Uh, we might be having like two sachets of um, jelly light as an example. There might be some like Zupa dupas into the mix there. Uh, in the, in the PM, we might be consuming some, you know, some tea as well. Plus we're consuming, you know, over two kilograms worth of vegetable. And obviously I'm just exaggerating this case, but Hey, it's not far off from the front. But it sounds like my night before the show. Yeah, 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 exactly. Jelly, jelly on show day. How good. Um, so yeah, you know, like I think individuals are, are going to punish volumes just as a means of, of adding some, some degree of satiation to the mix. And, you know, when we are that lean, our ability to be satiating is satiated is just completely negated. So, I mean, a lot of the time to know that you're actually full in prep is you have physical distension of the stomach. Like you can actually feel your stomach being pushed, the food pushing up against the diaphragm. That's, that's the indication as to, okay, I'm actually full now. Like I'm Okay. Um, and until people reach that sort of level, that's that they've got, they've got to consume something, whether it be a liquid or, you know, so I do think that by virtue of, of the diet condition, um, people are probably more susceptible to experience gut, dis gut discomfort because, uh, it, it's easy to reflect on, let's say the volumes that, that you're currently eating right now, and then think back to the off season. Okay, what would I usually eat now? Well, I wouldn't have the three coffees a day, the two jelly lights and the, you know, four liters of, or three liters of coconut sugar. That's crazy. Like, and it's not until after the prep that you think back that you're like, yeah, I was volumizing things like crazy. No wonder I was having like stomach upsets. 
Mm. I'm even, I remember like looking back at like my prep, my probably my second prep and I was literally like eating my two lunches or like my lunch and my dinner that were the same size, pretty much out of like nearly like a salad bowl. And it's like, I couldn't imagine me or Jack doing that in like the off season, like sitting there with a one kilo meal or one and a half kilo meal. And then like, you know, and then eating it and then you being like, you want more and like you're sitting there and you're fully distended stomach. Like, you know, you're definitely full, but it's like your brain just tells you, yeah, shit, I want more. And then obviously you get bloated from that byproduct of that. Mm, mm. That's when you know, when you've recovered from prep, when you start to revert back to the normal sized bowls, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. Like we well. would, we would eat out of these like mixing bowls, these giant clear mixing mm. bowls with these big ass salads, like, and you'd finish it and it wouldn't even touch the sides. You'd be like, oh, that's, that was nothing. Like, when's the next meal coming around? Like these days, <laughs> there's no way I could eat that much. That would be absurd. These days, getting in the V8 juice, surely. Exactly. Later a day. Yeah, Pop-Tarts daily. Like, you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> Lawrence is looking there with the side eye. We're going to have to shut up. Can't yeah. relate, boys. Can't relate. <laughs> have you had um, any gut issues this prep, Lawrence? I'm assuming not. Nah, mate, it's been very, very good. Like, uh, I think I'm not sure who I was. Maybe it was like one of you guys were talking to, but just like the bloating. It's amazing how much better you feel. Um, like, yeah, like when I feel finish my meals, I'm not like, oh, that's great, fully satisfied. Like, I know I could eat more. Um, but I think that the the gut issues have been minimal. Um, and you know, I haven't had any evenings where I've been bloated. And like a way that I've kind of measured that in my head on like a practical sense is you know some days i can very very comfortably run through a round of posing and you know still comfortably pull a vacuum after dinner which i certainly wouldn't have been able to do in previous preps because you know for dinner i was having probably my usual 450 veg plus five six hundred grams of of low low carb or charisma potatoes plus like a pepsi max so it's like once dinner was done, posing had to be done because there's no way I had like the abdominal control where, you know, I can pretty comfortably do some posing after dinner now um, because I'm not overdoing that stuff. And, you know, I've spoken at length about it and I think it's been probably one of the biggest game changes of this prep, but not only has it helped with the physical symptoms and, and avoiding bloating and distension and improving, you know, my overall midsection control, but you know, mentally as well, like I still feel like my hunger levels and food focus are in a pretty, pretty good spot, given how deep into prep I am. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not fully satisfied at the end of each meal. Like I know that I could eat more and I, I know that I have a level of food focus because, you know, I'm, you know, like it's just how it is at this point, but well, I'm you certainly not from the bag on Saturday. So this is true. We have food focus there. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not there pining, thinking about like the, the off season meals and thinking about all this food I'm going to eat post-show. Cause I'm kind of like, oh, you know what? Like my last off season was so similar to what I'm eating now. It's just less of it. So yeah, I, I really think that it's not just the practical side of managing the bloating, but the mental side of just not leaning into those sort of prep hacks, I think has been massive for me this prep so have you used any prep hacks at all like smaller spoons forks like you know how like smaller plates and stuff like that or whatever it might be i probably like in fairness like i think even in the off season i eat my cream of rice with a little spoon 
anyway because like naturally I am a fast eater like I remember as a kid my parents would always tell me to slow down um so I'm pretty sure yeah even in the off season I eat my cream of rice with a little spoon because I prefer it but you know I haven't haven't really done any of that to be honest like maybe one of the only things that has changed is like I'll implement like a little bit more fruit throughout the day just for something that's like a bit more satiating so like maybe have like an extra serving of blueberries or something like that. Um, but with that being said, like I think I even mentioned the other day, like I don't think I've had a single day this prep um, where my fiber has been over like 50 grams a day. Like I think actually to be fair, I think the only time that happened was when I had those high days at probably about three weeks out um, is the only time my, my fiber went above 50 grams. Like for the most part, it sits between, you know, 35 to 40 Um but, which is a reflection of the fact that I'm not overdoing it in terms of volume and, and a lot of food matter. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty low fiber for prep. All right, final question here, boys. Favorite exercise that you're currently running, running in your training cycles? Rapid fire it off. What do you got there, Lawrence? Mm, it would have to be something legs. I would probably say the Atlantis pivot press. It's not the best leg press, but it just feels really good. Like it's a little bit counterintuitive because it's very heavy to lock out, which is obviously not where we want it to be super heavy. But it was the first leg press that I could start to get back into the mix after the hamstring. And yeah, it does just feel really, really nice. So I'll say the Atlantis pivot press. Mm. What about you, DC? What do you got? Mm, um, I've just I've just rotated out some exercise in in this most recent block and I've reverted back into doing some belt squats again and they're, they're, they're great. Like I, I really enjoy belt squats. Uh, certainly not for the purpose of, you know, loading the erectors and, and building that because that's definitely not going to provide too much of a stimulus there, but as a purely quad and glute bias movement, and I've been trying to perform them a little bit more upright with my torso with a bit more of a, you know, knee over toe position. So tr- using this as a bit more of a quad bias movement, uh, it's been feeling really good. Yeah. So Yeah. What about you, Jack? What do you got? Yeah, I've enjoyed the hammer strength plate-loaded incline chest press. I've uh, recently started putting, pushing my hips quite far forward just to, I find that it brings the alignment of the elbow and the chest to be in a more favorable position. And you get the added bonus of being a lot more stable with the hips further forward as well. I think, Lawrence, I remember you doing that, I believe, in, uh, in your plate-loaded pressing maybe a club line, like you, you would sit quite far forward on the seat. Like you wouldn't put your hips all the way back or am I imagining uh, it? You're imagining that. Right. Okay. Yeah. But mate, uh, don't, I am like, I'm like, and I know that people say, Oh, I'm weak, but like, man, I, I just, I can't believe how much some guys can press on those. Cause I, I really, really struggle. <laughs> like as soon as I get to like two plates, um, I'm pretty cooked. Uh, maybe it's the long arms or maybe I'm just a weak dog, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just like am mind blown when I see guys doing like three, four plates on there. It's a it's a goal of my off season to get that very strong. So yeah. yeah. To be fair, some of them are very, very difficult. Like the the one right next to the one that I use, it's a it's a like a horizontal one. It's not inclined. And I can use like three and a bit plates on the incline. I can probably like do two plates on the horizontal. I don't you you would think that it's the other way around, but it's not. Yeah, it's the exact same at Powerhouse. I was like what the like 40% load dropped off it yeah. thought I'd gone backwards 
Uh, mine would probably have to be the Lion Cuffed Ladder Race. I've really been enjoying that one recently. But that's it for today, listeners. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will catch you all next week.